Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America with all of its checks and balances to preserve the nation, to restore the republic. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A couple of quick housekeeping things that you got to know about. And then our guest. First, help us destroy the ATF's unconstitutional gun registry. That's Eric Pratt, Gun Owners of America, telling us that. Listen carefully to this. Representative Michael Cloud, he has reintroduced a No Registry Rights Act, H.R. 1271, which would eliminate the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms illegal gun registry, ladies and gentlemen. Back in 2021, Gun Owners of America, by the way, uncovered internal ATF documents that the Biden-Harris administration secretly established an illegal gun registry of gun owner records, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that? The legislation, by the way, would require that the ATF to destroy all the, quote, purchase records they have in their databases under the penalty of law. The ATF has no business maintaining these records in a, quote, digital, searchable database that could easily be weaponized against gun owners. Okay? Beware of that reality. We've got to stand against this, folks. The Biden administration has gone criminal, has gone rogue, and is violating all of our rights. Lowell, before we get to the topics at hand, uh, do you want to speak out on that a little bit? Um, it's pretty typical, I guess, of most administrations to do this thing. They, uh, you know, I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's, that's just what they do, uh, particularly the Democrat Party, the left. The left wants to disarm everybody, thinking that's going to, um, you know, make things safer for everybody without realizing that, you know, criminals, they don't, they don't follow the laws anyway. They don't obey the law. So if you, if you create a law, uh, saying you can't have, you know, law-abiding citizens can, cannot have, have weapons, then you're basically removing them from the hands of good, good people and, uh, and allowing bad people to retain the weapons. And so you actually, it, it brings on a more lawless state, uh, more chaos, more criminality, more lives lost, more lives damaged and hurt um, by this this tactic. So, uh, yeah, we need to push back hard against this and make sure that, uh, you know, a, a well-armed citizenry is a polite citizenry. And we need to keep it that way, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's critical to understand. Uh, I wanted to highlight that. We mentioned that on Saturday in detail, but I wanted to highlight it again. Folks, we have got to stand up against this stuff. They do it in secret. We find out years later about it. It is of great, great concern. Last hour, by the way, we had on Marjorie Wildcraft. 
She is a founder and CEO of what's called the Grow Network, helping people learn to grow food. There's going to be a famine. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You can learn more at thegrownetwork.com, backyardfoodproduction.com, and then we talked about this greenhouse opportunity as well, thelivingfarm.org. Check out that hour, by the way, incredible hour, uh, as we remember the Alamo and as we remember the Dred Scott shameful decision as well last hour but this hour we got lowell nelson with his campaign for liberty.org and we've got an incredible column uh written by seymour hirsch highlighting what we did we pretend we didn't do it but how america took out the Nord Stream pipelines lowell this is a, a, a blockbuster column sam last september then um, and, and, and the reason I want to cover this, Sam, is, is primarily just to, to help us understand that we have some pretty evil people, you know, running things uh, here in this country, and and so just just retelling this story helps us understand that, just drives home the point, and and why is that important? Well, it's important to know because uh, we need to um, be a we need to elect wise, honest, and good men and women to office at all levels of government. If we will do that, if, if good and righteous people will stand up and, and, and do that, then we can change the fabric of our leadership, you know, so-called leadership in this country, and, and we, can, we can then sue for peace instead of war. I mean, we're inching our way toward a world war here, and this is just one more step in that direction, so that's why I wanted to cover this. But, um, you know, last September, the, the natural gas pipelines uh, connecting Russia and Germany, called Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, they were sabotaged. Now, at the time, no one knew who had sabotaged the pipelines or why, although there was plenty of speculation about it. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline had been in service for about 10 years, for a little bit over a decade. At that time, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was just about ready to be put into service. And um, now, now these these pipelines, each pipeline is actually two. There's a pair of pipes that uh, that run from northwestern Russia to northeast Germany, and they do so. They run under the Baltic Sea. Uh, the, it, at 750 miles, I mean, this is no small feat. It takes years to build this pipeline. It took years to build the Nord Stream 1, and it took years to build Nord Stream 2, but they accomplished it. These, these pipelines run side by side for 750 miles underneath the ocean. I mean, it's incredible the engineering feat it took to build these pipelines. I mean, you think about the distance between... Salt Lake City and Phoenix, Arizona, for example, that's about 700 miles. And these pipelines run underwater for even for for at least that distance, right? I mean, I'm not as not as the crow flies, but they, you know, uh, if you follow this road from Salt Lake to Phoenix, it's a long way, 750 miles. Now, and and it does so on the floor of the Baltic Sea, um, and from, like I said, again, northeast Russia just just right near the border of Estonia, it passes under, you know, under the Baltic Sea, really close to the Danish island of Bornholm, and then and ends in, in northern Germany. 
And this Nord Stream 1 has been uh, a source of natural gas for Germany and for much of Western Europe. Uh, it's, you know, you call it cheap Russian natural gas. Well, it's, in, it's simply inexpensive Russian natural gas um, that, that Russia has been making available, has been selling to Germany. And Germany has benefited from that because they've been able to to uh, heat their homes and power their factories and so forth is this inexpensive energy. Um, and in doing so, of course, that's the strengthened Russia, right? I mean, you sell something of value, you get something of value in return. And so whether it's been denominated in euros or rubles, I don't know, probably rubles, but anyway, they got the money by selling natural gas to Germany and that strengthened uh, Putin and Germany benefited and all of Western Europe benefited from this inexpensive energy. Well, the U.S. administration did not like this arrangement. They didn't, they didn't want Russia getting strong by selling their natural resources to Germany and to Western Europe. And they also did not want Germany and Western Europe to become dependent upon this inexpensive energy because that diminished their need to rely on the U.S for energy. And so, I, I mean, you, you look at this, it's sort of like, uh, you know, a bully, uh, U.S. is a bully, and they don't like something that uh, some other country is doing, and so then they they uh, they blow up the pipeline in order to, to kill that, uh, that, 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 the benefit that's going to Russia in terms of money and the benefit that's going to Germany in terms of natural gas. And, and to make matters worse, Sam... And let me just stop you there for a quick second, yeah. Lowell, and say this. That's a flat-out act of war, sir. Absolutely right. It is an absolute uh, flat-out act of war. And I'm surprised that Russia has not retaliated um, already. But the thing that's also puzzling, Sam, is that the Chancellor of Germany um, went right along with it. <clears throat> you know, Germany went along with this. And, and other NATO countries went along with this. In fact, Norway is the country that helped Russia, uh, helped uh, the United States do this the most. Yeah, you know what now, it reminds me of? It reminds me of how we took the hit in World War II fully knowing that it was going to happen as well in an effort to get us into a war. It's very similar, sir. Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at the... Um, you, you look at the hit we took in 9-11, for example, that uh, basically a false flag... Uh, uh, a false flag event that uh, that got Americans into the war in the Middle East to, to fight, you know, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and, and elsewhere in the Middle East. Uh, you mentioned the Pearl Harbor. That's what got us in World War II. Well, this could have been the, the, the trigger that got us involved in the Third World War. And we're, 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 we're getting very close to that, unfortunately. Well, so um, it turns out that the, the Biden authorized a fellow named Jake Sullivan to pull together a team to come up with a plan to kill the pipeline. So in December of 2021, which was about two months before the first Russian tanks rolled into Ukraine, Jake Sullivan, he convened a meeting of his newly formed team. These are men and women from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, men and women from the CIA, from the State Department, from Treasury Department. It's always funny, Sam, how they get people from the Treasury Department involved in war planning. 
Hang tight, Lone <laughs> Nelson in seconds. Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Back with you live, Lowell Nelson. We're talking about why are all these Treasury Departments <laughs> being involved in the war, quote, strategies or preliminary discussions? What do you want to call them, Lowell? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, I just find it odd that somebody from the Treasury Department would be involved in war planning. But uh, it just tells me, uh, it, it implies that, the, that we use all... Uh, uh, all levers of power to effect our, you know, ends, right? I mean, our meaning the U.S. administration. If they can, if they can kill a nation economically, and and you know the economic hitmen. We've talked about uh, the books written on that subject about how they they undermine a country by undermining them economically. They bring them down, and then they buy up the resources and and put in uh, uh, puppet dictators that. Uh, do what we want them to do instead of what's good for their own people. I mean, so there's economic war, there's 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 hot wars where you're actually shooting bullets at each other, there's uh, cold wars where you're just, you know, pitted against each other and you have economic sanctions and embargoes, and I mean, there's lots and lots of ways to wage war, and I just find it ironic that we've got members of the Treasury Department as part of this, this team. Jake Sullivan's team. So, um, I mean, I don't know what to make of that, except that there are a lot of high-level people involved. And what became clear to the participants in these planning meetings was that Jake Sullivan fully intended to destroy the pipeline and that he was pushing this at the request of the president. 
So obviously, uh, the action they took had to be covert, right? Had to be totally secret because they didn't want anybody to know that the U.S. Had, had done this. And that's why this report is such a blockbuster report. I mean, I didn't know. Uh, this, this is back in September of last year when these pipelines blew up. And um, and what was that, the end of September? And so it's been October, November, December, January, about five months now. This report was issued February 8th. And so four four to five months later, we can get this blockbuster report talking about what actually happened to these pipelines. And, um, and we have corroborating evidence. I, I watched um, uh, some, some, some YouTube video of the, um, of the tracker that tracked the, the plane that dropped the sonar buoy. We'll get to that in a few minutes here. Um, I mean, this is all corroborated, this story. Now, now Seymour Hirsch, who wrote this story, and we'll get back to it in a second, Seymour relies on an inside insider, right, for the story here, and and so we we have to we have to be careful and cautious in accepting everything that he writes here, but uh, he apparently got it from an insider, and probably right at this moment, we probably all during February since this report came out, the Biden administration is probably searching high and low for who was who was the whistleblower. On this, who let out the big secret? But um, and but but Biden also has himself to blame because it turns out that Biden actually talked about destroying the pipeline <laughs> um, on February 7th, just less than three weeks before Russia crossed the border into Ukraine. He did a press briefing with the German Chancellor, whose name is Olaf Scholz. And uh, at this press briefing, I watched the briefing last night. Biden said this. He said, "Quote." If Russia invades, talking about uh, invading Ukraine, he says, if Russia invades, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We will yeah, bring and it you know what? To- and you know what, uh, Lull? Here mm-hmm. is Joe Biden now. Let okay. me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine. Again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. That was before it happened. Lol. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad that you played that clip. That's exactly the clip that I listened to last night. So at this point in time, uh, Jake Sullivan's team had had arranged. Um, they, they had they had figured out how they were going to destroy the pipeline, and I think that's why President Biden was so adamant about you know he's saying that that uh, we we will do it. I promise you, we will bring an end to it. <laughs> I noticed also, Sam, he did not really answer the reporter's question. She asked how, and he, he didn't even go there. He says, I just promise you, we will stop it, you know. So, um, and now, the, problem and, is, the problem is it documents Joe Biden is a war criminal on the international stage. Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't think he was supposed to have said that, but, you know, he said it. I mean, maybe he's, uh, I, I don't know that. Whether he intended I submit to, to you it's not. a shot across the bow to where I'm even above the world. 
and any repercussions anybody can give me. I'm beyond a kingmaker. I am Joe Biden. I can thumb my nose at anybody I want to. I can do business in the Ukraine criminally. I can go ahead and lie about, uh, you know, Russia and, and, and Donald. I can get in bed with Hillary and with, with uh, uh, Biden, and we can just lie and cheat and steal with regards to elections. I can do anything I want, Lowell. Do you know who that's I the, am? <laughs> that's the impression I got as I listened to that press briefing, too, Sam. I, I, I looked at his arrogance. Um, uh, he, he said it with a very cold and flat tone of voice but very adamant, like, like, I dare you to challenge my authority or, or my knowledge about this affair, this coming event. I mean, he's very arrogant. No and, question. And just, I mean, just very, uh, I don't know. But I mean, you know that's what? What... We, we talk about American hegemony and that America mm-hmm. thinks it's like God and the world's cop and everything else. Other nations are absolutely getting sick of it. And this mm-hmm. heightens this uh, big time, lol. Yeah. I mean, look at how cold uh, Europe has been this winter. I mean, um, they have suffered because energy prices went up, which means that to the average consumer that they would be paying more to heat their home. So if they want to stay warm, they got to pay, I don't know how much it is. I, I, I should have looked this up, but maybe, well, uh, more than they paid last year, more than they were paying, maybe double what they were, were paying before. I don't know. But that, but that means they have fewer dollars to spend on other things like food and water and clothing, and it just puts the pinch on the people. Um, and so they're they're angry. They're angry at their chancellor who went along with this. They're angry at the U, U.S. who blew up the pipelines. And and these these uh, rallies we'll we'll talk about this in, in a few minutes. But there's rallies held all over the world, Sam anti-war rallies going on people who are angry at the u.s for instigating this event it's just sad and and you and i sam as american citizens we're going to feel the repercussions from this and probably other events when the the, you know the birds come home to roost and 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 we and and we have people trying to to beat us up you know take you know But but this is the first time I've ever seen the U.S. government be so rogue and Mm -hmm. so blatant in your face about this. Everybody in the world knows we took it out. And we've been doing it for well over 70 years. You know, I I talked about We've talked about this before, Sam, but there are like 293 documented CIA operations of undermining other countries, you know, uh, taking out their their leadership and installing, you know, other, other, you know, leaders who, who more to our liking. This, this regime change um, operation in which the CIA has been involved for over 70 years, this is well documented. And I just think that these guys, they get in the habit of taking out regimes and they just think they can do it to anybody. It's it's beyond my understanding, <laughs> beyond my well, and belief. Sadly, sadly, so far they have been able to. I and mean, we say yeah. they think they can, they can, and they do because we the people don't stop them. In fact, we glorify war, we celebrate war, we have become a warlike people. We celebrate supposed war heroes. We, all right, Seymour Hirsch is spot on on this, highlighting that you know what, this is a serious, serious concern. Ron Paul doing his very best to kind of double down on this. And he writes an article that quotes uh, 
uh, Hirsch on this, but also talks about the anti-war movement roars back to life. Why? Because we realize that they're trying to take us to war. Ron Paul's column on this is incredible as well. It is, Sam. It's posted at ronpaulinstitute.org. He mentioned Seymour Hersh's article in this column uh, because he was at the rally at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. on February 19th, right? So this was just 11 days after Seymour Hersh's article was published. And it was a huge gathering of anti-war people back on uh, in Washington, D.C. Ron spoke, Tulsi Gabbard spoke, Dennis Kucinich, Jill Stein, along with a number of people from the left and from the right, Sam. People standing together for peace, not war. Liberty, Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. On Friday, the February jobs report is expected to show roughly 200,000 jobs were created last month. But a big problem starting to be revealed, the American manufacturing sector is starting to show signs of weakness after two years of strong growth. The blame is being put on inflation, the reactionary higher interest rates, and subsequent slowdown in exports. New orders for manufactured goods shrunk for the sixth straight month through February. Rescue and recovery efforts are underway in California's San Bernardino Mountains, where many communities have been buried under several feet of snow for about a week now. A state of emergency has been declared for San Bernardino and Los Angeles counties. Hundreds of residents in Crestline, Lake Arrowhead, Running Springs, and other communities are still stranded and running low on supplies. Chief Don Muncy says crews are using all kinds of equipment to help clear the roads. To access emergencies, we've deployed eight snowcats across the mountaintops. The snowcats are those tracked vehicles, and when they can use them, they do. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the Republican, was in California's Simi Valley, home of the President Reagan Library. He was taking shots at the governor of California and other Democrats during the visit to the Golden State yesterday. And if you look over the last four years, we've witnessed a great American exodus from states governed by leftist politicians imposing leftist ideology and delivering poor results. And you've seen massive gains in states like Florida who are governing according to the tried and true principles that President Reagan held dear. The FBI is reporting four U.S. citizens were kidnapped after a gunman opened fire on their vehicle in the northern Mexico border city of Matamoros. The FBI is seeking the public's health and offering a $50,000 reward. This is USA News. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. The last surviving member of rock band Leonard Skinner has died. Guitarist Gary Rossington was on the plane that crashed in 1977, killing three of his band members. He suffered several broken bones. 
A decade later, Rossington would reform the Southern Rock Band with original and new members. No cause of death was revealed. Country superstar Travis Tritt tweeted, He's heartbroken by Rossington's loss. Not only were they friends, he said, but collaborators. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. We're talking about an incredible column written by Ron Paul, highlighting the fact, ladies and gentlemen, that you know what? (laughs) The anti-war movement roars back to life. Talking about um, Seymour Hersh's article, How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipelines, Uh, And the problem is, look, these are acts of war, folks. They are moving us towards war. Ukraine, Russia, that big battle, China on the brink, uh, uh, literally violating our airspace, literally uh, creating all kinds of spy apparatus in America, sitting congressmen sleeping with Chinese spy women. I mean, this is just, it's almost truth is stranger than fiction, Lowell. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. No question about that, Sam. But the good news is, I guess, you know, a lot of people are upset about this, and that's why there were big rallies. Uh, yeah, and I'm you know, one of them, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Um, they uh, These rallies, uh, uh, the one in Washington, D.C., was followed by, by much larger anti-war rallies in Paris and Berlin and London and elsewhere. I mean, all over the world, people are raging against the war machine, and and. It's about time. I mean, that's what Ron put in his column. He says, good, it's about time. (laughs) Um, You know, and he he writes also this. He says, the U.S. mainstream media clearly is getting nervous that control over the narrative is evaporating. How do we know they're nervous? He he writes, says, they have turned up their lies and slanders of anti-war rallies and voices. And he even talked about, um, uh, what's her name, Uh, um, Rachel Maddow who just spent uh, basically her whole time on on main on lamestream media just blasting these anti-war rallies and and folks and almost everything she said was a lie and uh, just totally false based on objective information that you can get everywhere and anywhere and 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 but but you know if people don't do their their uh, research then they're going to believe what Rachel Maddow says uh, and, That's and, true. But you know what? The good news, too, is, though, that when Ron talks about how many people assembled, go back and read the names of the people that assembled here, Lowell, because it really shows this isn't a left-right paradigm. This isn't a Republican-Democrat thing. This is a war versus peace thing. And we want to promote peace and reject war, especially unconstitutional, unjustified war. Uh, but look at the, the, the names on this. This is quite interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, so Ron Paul, former Republican uh, presidential candidate, Tulsi Gabbard and Dennis Kucinich, both from the Democrat Party, they were presidential candidates, and then Jill Stein from the Green Party was a presidential candidate. And make no mistake, Ron Paul ran before as a libertarian, right? Yeah, that's right. So this is across all parties, across all genres. In other words, this is just people who care and who don't want to see us get into, uh, in my opinion, immoral, illegal wars. That's all. And and you think about it, who who does war benefit, right? I mean, war benefits the armament manufacturers and uh, and and people who have stock in those companies. But I don't think it benefits any other people, Sam. It hurts people. 
It hurts families. It hurts the, the men and women who get killed. It hurts the innocent civilians who are caught in the crossfire, you know, the collateral damage, they call it. And it, it, it forces people and companies and countries to spend their resources on defensive uh, uh, war, war, war defense and offense instead of pushing those resources toward more productive uses, you know. And, and so I don't know how war benefits anybody overall. It's it just, you know, it's just it's sick. And, and we need good people, good men and women everywhere to stand up against war, stand up for peace, and, and, and then hold our elected our public servants accountable to the blueprint of liberty, the Constitution. If we would do that, and if we had been doing that all these decades, I don't think we'd be in such a dire situation that we're in, Sam. There's no question. In fact, the only, you know, Satan loves war. Christ loves peace. And sadly, there are big world global bankers and elitists and money changers, and I can go on and on. You know what? They want war because war foments tyranny. They can advance the cause of tyranny. They can take away our liberties. They can destroy the United States uh, and uh, create their uh, global dream of a tyrannical world that they lead. Uh, They can only do that if they destroy America. They can only do that if they literally hatch Satan's plans again and bring them forward, ladies and gentlemen. Look, this anti-war movement is real. It's serious. It's necessary. Um, We are being drugged into this. And it seems like, you know, you hear it in the scriptures, biblically, etc. there's wars and rumors of wars. A lot of these wars are rumors right now, but a lot of them are real. We're in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, and we're about to ratchet up. We're begging for more money. We can't even pay our own bills, but we're sending money hand over fist to supposedly take the, what, Ukrainians side in the war? I don't think the Ukrainians have any more just cause than the Russians. I don't think either of them have a just cause. They've been faction and at war forever, lol. There's no way to win this. It's an intentionally unwinnable situation that'll drag on forever. Right? Vietnam used to be the enemy back in the 60s. An unjust, un, you know, um, documented, undeclared war. We lost, what, 58,000 Americans? We didn't win. Now we come back and say, hey, Lowell, would you like to invest your business into, wow, what the heck are we thinking? Do you want your business to invest in Vietnam? They make great goods for cheap now, Lowell. And what's changed? Oh, Sam Laos isn't says so aggression-minded. or what, what are we talking about? They look for a new boogeyman and a new enemy every day to foment this agenda, Lowell. Yeah, you got that right. You know, after the Cold War, they didn't have um, uh, Russia as the big boogeyman. And so then they came up with terrorists. And the, the terrorists of the Middle East, that became the boogeyman. And uh, we seem to be taking that out. And, and now, what, some virus is the boogeyman now? And, and of course, that uh, has lost steam. And so now we've got uh, Russia as the boogeyman. And uh, it's going to be, you know, the end of the world. And so, yeah, you're right. They just go from one boogeyman to the next fomenting war, fomenting revolution, and fomenting divisiveness to pit people against other people. That's the plan of the adversary, Sam. And I'm not saying that some of the boogeymen aren't bad guys. I'm not saying Russia's clean and good. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying neither is the Ukraine. 
I'm not saying that China's good, but hey, you know, what about Taiwan? You know, what I mean is where do you go with all this? And it never ends. The guy we basically protect and promote today becomes the enemy of tomorrow using the same medical and, and military training as we provided back in the day when they were supposedly the folks we were defending. And as it goes round and round and round, I mean, that's where the CIA and international governments around the world seem to foment these crises. Well, I don't know if I'm more worried about the, quote, international war scale mechanism ratcheting up as much as I am the domestic war reality uh, infecting us as well, Lowell. For example, um, there's an incredible article by Ryan McMakin that you bring up that says secession is inevitable. It's not about um, if, it's a matter of when. Lowell? Well, yeah, and I do want to get to that, but I want to finish the story about the pipeline, uh, if I could. Sure. Because the Baltic Sea is heavily surveilled by the Russians. I mean, that's right in their backyard. And so they have great surveillance capabilities, superlative surveillance capabilities, as Seymour Hirsch put it. Um, and so the, the U.S. had a conundrum to, to solve there. How are they going to blow up the pipeline in the Baltic Sea when, when they've got Russia looking, watching that sea day and night, right? How could they do it? Well, they figured that um, the pipelines, when it, when those pipelines, they go near the Danish island of Bornholm. I mentioned that earlier. And they're only 260 feet down at that point. They're, they're much deeper than that most of the way through the Baltic Sea. And how they laid that pipe in the first place, I have no idea. One big, huge engineering feat, I guess. But anyway, when it, when it passes near Bornholm, the pipe, pipes are only 260 feet below the surface of the ocean, right? And so they figured that they would use deep-sea divers uh, to do that. And so uh, they based their operation in Norway. Why was Norway interested? Well, because the U.S. had been investing in Norway military infrastructure for decades. Plus, Norway has natural gas that it wants to sell to Europe. And so if, if, the, uh, if they could blow up the pipelines, then that means that Norway would make more money selling its natural gas to Europe. So even Norway has a devious end in mind in their willingness to participate in this event. Well, so how are they going to cover, what cover are they going to provide for this operation? Well, it turns out that every June for the past 21 years, there's a, uh, the American Sixth Fleet um, has sponsored a major NATO exercise in the Baltic Sea involving dozens of Allied ships throughout the region. And so what they decided was their divers were going to plant the charges around the pipelines during this at the event held nothing off better than a training exercise home. gone awry for a cover-up ladies and gentlemen quick pause Lowell nelson in seconds on your radio why does the left lie constantly because they get spiritual power from lying the lies come from satan the father of lies john 8 44 here's how the political lying process works satan provides the beast with a lie then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. 
That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable Live, uh, we've been discussing this blockbuster article by Seymour Hersh, the, uh, detailing, describing how the U.S. blew up the, the Nord Stream 1 and the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipelines uh, between Russia and Germany. They did it under the cover of an, a naval exercise. Every year in June, the U.S. Navy did this exercise in the Baltic Sea involving dozens and dozens of, of ships, allied ships, perfect cover. What they did was off the, course of, off the coast of Bornholm, uh, they involved NATO teams of divers planting mines, you know, competing teams using the latest underwater technology to find and destroy the mines. And so all these exercises were going on. You've got the U.S. divers uh, as part of this covert operation actually planting explosive charges there uh, around Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 uh, natural gas pipelines. Now, they had a, they, 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 they first thought that they would use a 48-hour timer and just blow them up 48 hours after they had planted the charges. But then the Biden administration had second thoughts about that, thinking, well, a two-day window was way too close to the exercises. It would be too obvious that America had been involved in the destruction of these pipelines. And so they asked the team to come up with a way to detonate the charges remotely. Well, they, they, so they figured that out using some high-tech signal processing equipment um, they devised a way to trigger the, the charges remotely. The signal had to be so unique and so distinct um, that it wouldn't be confused by uh, by ship traffic in the Baltic Sea. There's there's lots of ships going going by. They've got underwater drilling going on. They've got seismic events. You've got waves. You even have sea creatures that can make noises underwater, and you don't want any of that to trigger the charges. And so to achieve this, they used a sonar buoy that emitted a sequence of unique low-frequency tonal sounds that would be recognized by the timing device attached to the explosives, which were uh, put around the, the pipeline. And so on September 26th of last year, this is just four or five months ago, there was a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane, basically a subfinder submarine uh, finder, made a seemingly routine flight and dropped a sonar buoy. And this buoy broadcast the, uh, the, uh, the signal that was recognized by the triggers on these pipelines, and, 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 they, and, and that's how they detonated the charges and blew up Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Three of the four pipelines were put out of commission that day, and then you had a big pool of methane gas collecting uh, on the surface of the ocean right above where the shattered pipelines uh, lay. Um, and, and so that's when the world learned that something irreversible had occurred. And in the immediate aftermath of that bombing, uh, you know, the American media treated it like an unsolved mystery. They even pointed a finger at Russia, saying that Russia was the like, likely culprit, that they blew up their own 
you know, pipelines. They self-sabotage them their own yeah, pipelines. Yeah, but why would Russia ever do that? That doesn't make any sense when it's a big old revenue source for them. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it makes no sense uh, to me either. But that's what the, the national media was saying, the lamestream media, and lots of people believed it, you know. So <laughs> when's old jo- crazy whacked-out Joe going to be arrested for, uh, as a war criminal? Yeah, I wish uh, I knew. I mean, it's like Bush, the war criminal Bush and, and Obama. I mean, they'll, they'll never be a touch. They'll never be arrested. They get immunity by the powers that be, I'm sure. But, I mean, it would be nice if they, if could, could, they could be brought to justice, but... I don't know who's going to do it. Uh, they have a lot of police power here in the states, and so is it going to be another country that comes in and and exacts vengeance? I mean, I I, I don't know, but that's what a lot of countries are probably thinking, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> or are we going to have so many internal issues that we go to war ourselves internally uh, with the next civil war or secession or whatever else uh, in the meantime, Lowell? The problem is well, they're bringing everything to the brink, and I don't know which is which is going to pop when, where, what, right? Well, I hope that if uh, if it comes to anything that it, that we ourselves take care of our own dirty laundry, I, I don't like the thought of other countries coming in and and uh, running the the states here. But I do like the states taking back the power that is rightfully theirs. And um, uh, and putting the general government back in its place, I would like I would love that, you know. And if states would assert their sovereignty the way that the the, the framers designed our, our our republic, our confederated republic, then yeah, I think we could hold to some of these uh, war mongers uh, to account, and make them accountable for the uh, the bad decisions that they have made. That's what I would prefer to see. And so Ryan McMakin talks about that in his column, which also is posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, talking about secession. He thinks it's inevitable, and, um, you know, it might be inevitable. He says, look at Russia in 1900 versus Russia in 1920, right? Referring to the Russian Revolution of 1917, right? Changed dramatically, uh, Russia. What, look at China in 1930 versus China in 1950. Big, big change. How about how many British in 1945 expected their empire to be nearly gone by 1970, right? Just a few short years, folks. We're talking 20, 30, 40 years that uh, a country can can go from being a world power to just just one more country in the world. I mean, it's, and America it's, is on its way there as we not only have international issues plaguing us at every side. Uh, but the economy, we're so tied to the communists in China. Uh, we're so tied to the, quote, fiat currency. We're so tied to everything that, you know what? <laughs> I'm afraid that they're going to have America uh, descend uh, just as quickly, Lowell. I believe that is their plan, Sam. There are already you know, unilateral agreements among countries in the Middle East and in Asia uh, that uh, meaning they're not denominating their their energy sales in dollars anymore. Um, you know that was the big OPEC agreement in 1971 uh, or two or three, right right in that time frame, where everybody agreed to sell their energy in you know their oil in in terms of dollars. Well, that and we've enforced that. The U.S. has enforced that agreement um, pretty harshly. And, and rigorously up until just, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 years ago when we have 
not been able to enforce it on the big world uh, superpowers like Russia. Russia now has agreements to sell their, their oil in rubles. No longer are they doing it in dollars. And so, yeah, this thing is winding down. The dollar is on its way out. And, uh, you know, it's not a matter of if anymore, Sam. It's a, it's a question of, of when. And uh, so where, where, you know, where are we going to be and what are we going to be doing to, um, uh, to establish our, uh, you know, liberty, to, to preserve our liberty when the dollar disappears, right? I mean, maybe they'll change it over to a digital dollar and, and, and maybe and that'll, that'll be, be their solution. Yeah. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, one of the blessings of America has always been federalism. That's the idea that each state was independent and sovereign, okay? Uh, that's different than nationalism. That nationalism is not federalism. Nationalism is a one-size-fits-all, top-down uh, thugocracy. Uh, on the other hand, federalism, uh, a different ballgame, a series of joined-together-by-choice republics, lol. Uh, that's right, Sam. You know, nationalism uh, is coercing 335 million people to do something or to not do something, whereas federalism is allowing people in, in Idaho to do one thing and allow people in Delaware to do another. I mean, both populations are happy, right? I mean, if you want to be a, a, a leftist, uh, then you go live in New York or California, and, and you're happy there. If you want to, If you want to... Uh, own guns and and uh, uh, you know and and thump your Bible and then you live in Wyoming, Utah, uh, Tennessee, whatever. You're happy, and both populations are happy. That's the secret. That's the genius of our federated republic, Sam. That's the genius of our founders, the people who wrote the Constitution, the people who ratified the Constitution and gave it legal force. That's the vision of they. They knew that we were disparate people, right? Meaning various, uh, uh, you know, some people like it this way, some people like it that way. Well, states, independent sovereign states, allows the people to be different and yet coexist. And so that's what we need to get back to. I mean, uh, Ryan concludes his column this way. He says, he says, quote, the answer lies not in doubling down on political unity, maintained through endless violence or threats of violence. Rather, the answer lies in peaceful separation through expanded self-determination, regional autonomy, confederation, and consensus. The choice we now face is between a rearguard attempt at preserving political unity forever and facing the inevitable reality. On one side, there are the unionists with their devotion to the status quo and their col colonialist mindset. On the other side are those who seek to temper the power of the central state and pursue local self-determination. The centralizers are on the wrong side and will ultimately be on the losing side as well. End of quote. So, Sam, this country was founded on the principle of self-determination. That was the underlying principle that underlies the Tenth Amendment, which underlies the U.S. Constitution, that Local self-government is the best government. Starts in the family. The family governs itself. And then communities, they govern themselves. And then counties and states. The very best government is the government closest to the people. And it allows for differences, right? 
It allows people in California to say one thing and do one thing. It allows for the people in Texas to do yet another. And both can be happy. If you're, up, if you're upset at California, you can move. You can move to Texas. You can move to Utah. You can move to Tennessee. And if you're upset with the, the, how conservative things are in Wyoming, you can move to Delaware or Maryland or New York if you want, right? Because we have differences, and that's totally allowed in our confederated republic. That's what we were intended to be, and that's what we need to get back to being instead of one homogenous nation where we have a low-grade civil war every four years when we elect a president, and then the party that wins then attempts to force its position down the throat of everybody else in the country. Sam? Well, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, we delegate authority to the state and to the general government. And if the general government is capable of carrying out their responsibilities, then great. But if they overstep their bounds, if they're not capable of carrying out their responsibilities, we can always pull back as a state and say, look, we're an independent republic, and most authority is ours. We're going to not consent to the delegation to the general government anymore because they've been derelict in their duty, and the state can deal with those things. That's the beauty of America. You've got to understand the checks and balances and things. So I'm not really pushing for secession. But I am highlighting that, you know what, at some point, the general government will absolutely fail and not be able to carry out the functions that we've delegated to it. When that happens, we need to be ready uh, to take action otherwise to create other alliances and other stabilizing uh, factors. Okay, I don't want to jettison our government. I don't want a revolution. But I will say we need to change the governing affairs based on what's working or not working. And if the general government is absolutely incapable of taking care of their delegated responsibilities, we must find other solutions. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the power of the Declaration of Independence and the blessing the founders understood. That's direction under God, not government, Lowell. Yes, and the real solution is nullification. It's not secession. I'm I'm not advocating secession either. But the middle ground uh, between secession and unit, political unity, homogeneity, is uh, nullification, where a state nullifies the unconstitutional acts of the general government, doesn't secede, but simply nullifies and says, general government, you can't do this. You don't have the authority to do what you want to do. And therefore, we are not doing that here in our state. That's the middle ground, Sam. That's where we need to go. Nullification is the answer. Amen to that. Campaignforliberty.org is the website. Get involved. Incredible group across the country today. Campaignforliberty.org. Thank you, Lowell. You're welcome, Sam. Our nationally syndicated radio network, LovingLiberty.net, BrideyOnRadio.com. Spread the word. Share the love. Tell the tale. Archives are up now. Donate liberally, would you please? Every penny will help us tell the tale of liberty. Thanks to everyone for their participation in the broadcast today. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. <laughs>